You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 102 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm great Val, how are you going? I'm good, I'm good. What have you been up to? I've recovered from our, uh, our, our big uh, week hanging out together. Yes, that was um, exhausting but fun. That <laughs> was good. Uh, I just did a, uh, a cover shoot where I had to work with a baby Val. Oh. It's hard work. It's doubly yeah. hard to do because yeah. uh, you're focusing on the mum who you want you. Them looking great. Mm. And the baby, to direct a baby, it's a whole other uh a whole other level of communication. We did a, a um, we've talked about how to communicate, a, a, you know, as a yeah. photographer effectively. I think that was our last little snapshot, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, but, but when you've got babies, you're um, – whole other level so I was doing uh, I found you know what it was in the end that what? got the baby I was doing peekaboo behind the camera really? but you, yes so <laughs> I was quite low I like to shoot low down um, and uh, got I've lined up I've got my focus uh, I'm shooting very shallow depth of field focusing over the mum's eye mm. and then I uh, got my finger on the the uh the shutter and then i'm doing peekaboo but the baby would obviously not react when i'm behind the camera where (laughs) i could see baby was reacting when i'm up (laughs) so so i was shooting i got them all i got them all sharp (laughs) i was photographing by feel but it was that next level and then i had to like tell the mum i'm like you don't have to do peekaboo reaction face as well. <laughs> she's getting involved in well, like a peekaboo. Oh my god, so, that's hilarious. So we just wanted some good smiles, but a good baby because you know you never know what you'll get uh, <laughs> with that sort of stuff. So that was fun. My thighs really hurt at the end of it because I'm doing like squats, oh. doing up peekaboo, peekaboo. Oh, cute. <laughs> How cute. Uh, so did you see uh, the supermoon, Val, up in Sydney? Well, no, because number one, I forgot. But number two, when I was reminded on social media about the supermoon, most people in Sydney, anyway, were uh, most underwhelmed. <laughs> really? Yes, and they couldn't see it. In, well, it was a really small moon, like really small moon. In from our vantage point, well, from Sydney anyway. So it wasn't because so super. I think you needed to be like in Argentina or somewhere else. No, no, I think you needed to see it when it was close to the horizon to be super. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I've missed it. So what time did you go out and have a look? Well, I didn't. I just looked on Facebook. You didn't have- Oh, my God. 
<laughs> and it was probably on the horizon as I was on a plane. You could have seen it out the window. Oh, my oh, God. I should have done that, eh? Sure. Yeah, oh, that was a bit dumb. That, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't get the internet on your uh, plane, so you no. didn't get to see the moon because it wasn't on your screen because <laughs> yeah, you don't look right. out the window when you're flying. That's right. Well, I always get an aisle seat. Oh, really? Know. Yeah. I hate the aisle. Oh, I love the aisle seat. That's my favourite seat. I always book the same seat every flight. That's where because people climb over you when you're asleep. Yeah, not when I'm sitting there. And you get left alone <laughs> in the window seat. No one climbs over and you. No, yeah, so, but what if you need to go to the loo? You have to do the climbing. It's really not very you fun. You make sure you go before you sit down and then you're all good for the flight. Not if you're flying to L.A. Uh, no, you might wake up halfway between. Yeah, nah, I like the aisle. But anyway, okay. I was in my aisle seat, so that's why I didn't look out the window. So I didn't oh. see the supermoon. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I didn't look on the internet while I was in the plane because uh, now this may come as a surprise to you North Americans who listen to us, but Australian planes don't have Wi-Fi. So nah. it's a, the greatest thrill when we go to oh the my States God. and we it's can like actually get Wi-Fi on the plane and it blows our minds. Such a novelty for us. It's like, there's Wi-Fi on the plane. Oh, my God. And most uh, most international flights now have Wi-Fi. It's just that when you fly through Australia, we go back to 1975. Mm. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. We're really – the irony is that the Australian scientists at the CSIRO, which is our yeah. scientific body in Australia – they invented Wi-Fi. Right. That's the irony. Yeah. Anyway. It's that woman that um, that uh, was at the airport when I was trying to get my lights on. She runs. She makes the decision about whether Wi-Fi comes on or not. <laughs> yes. She's like Jan in accounts. Yes. Jan at the airport. Yeah. Well, she's probably got a different name. It's probably just Jan's cousin. No, it's Jan. Friend. Fran. No, but we know Fran. We know some lovely Fran, so oh, I can't yes, call you Fran. True. We know some yeah. lovely fan, for Fran's in the community. Hello, yes, Fran. Yes, hello, Fran. Um, I'll think of a name for okay. her. Okay. All right. So we digress. What else has been happening or what are we talking about? We're talking about the supermoon and we know that quite a number of people in the podcast community, which you can find at uh, on Facebook, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. It's free to join and uh, there are a bunch of people who uploaded their photos of the supermoon, didn't they? And yes. they are in different parts of the world. They weren't on planes or in Sydney or in Melbourne. Uh-huh. They, we have one from Marty Hitchings from Grand Rapids. It's Michigan, and we will put an image of the. We'll put these images in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and it's basically the supermoon in the top left of the frame, and uh, some, you know, tall buildings in Michigan, presumably. Yeah. This um, gives it perspective, Val. That's yeah, the idea. Because really if you just had a dot in the corner, it could go. Well, it could be small or big. You don't. Mm. No, so that's a good frame of reference. I, I love this shot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome, it's and I love the colour of the moon. It's very yeah. yellow. We also have an image by Henry King, and that is of the moon with sort of like some mist in front of it, so it looks really mysterious, doesn't it? Yes, and I want to howl at it. 
And, like a okay. werewolf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I love this one by Matt Zahn because he has taken – he's taken inspiration. Well, maybe you didn't take inspiration, Matt, but I'd like to say that you took inspiration from Gina's obsession with starbursts and Matt has done a moonburst and it's awesome. It is awesome. I would never think to do this. Yes. And so he's inspired me. Matt's to inspired me bursts. to go out and do moonbursts. And there was uh, – there have been uh, – Plenty more uh, shots of the, uh, the 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 big moon coming through. Now, of course, the moon. And, uh, yeah, the super moon. The super moon. The match shot of the moon burst is basically where he's shot it so that the there's little. Um, it's not just a circle. It effectively has become an eight-pointed star because yeah, he's used it, yeah. what, the, the highest aperture or a very mm. high aperture. Fantastic. So I'd like to have a have a shot at that. That would be yeah, uh, a it. fun thing to do. Great. Now we oh. have a listener question. Yep. From Kai, Kai. Hansen. Yeah, now. she she is yes. the uh, official. I've just Kai. Uh, you don't know this yet, but I've just made you the official. So you want to be a photographer, TV, and film reviewer? Awesome. Because you are now responsible for introducing me to my two favourite shows mm. of all time, and I'm very excited because I think this is a beginning of a new TV genre. I'm hoping it is. They're mm. both photography shows. Top photographer that we've talked about yeah. and another one that you uh, recommended is Tales of Light which is uh, Netflix have just released that to the world Val yeah. it's an Australian production awesome. about National Geographic photographers watching them in action and you can be more, I'll, I'll talk about it more on another episode but oh my mm. god I'm so in love with it let's do yeah. that yeah. question <laughs> thank god for Netflix oh, so good yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we also have a question Yes. Uh, yes. So do you want to read it out, Val? Okay. So we have an – Akai has supplied an image of a guy and he is um, – it's kind of like he's sitting on a park He's actually photobombing, Val. Oh, he's photobombing, but it looks like he's sitting on a park bench, mm-hmm. but with the, the – the, the shot is from the behind the bench. And mm. he just looks absolutely natural. He's just smiling. And <laughs> now that I know that he's photobombing, it does look like he's coming to the shot and he's going, ha, ha, I photobombed the shot. But Kai has captured this. And Kai has said, I guess this is my first – street portrait and I kind of like it this guy came up and crashed our shoot in town yesterday and wanted his photo taken I was kind of scared and intimidated he got right up close to my model who looked quite uncomfortable as well I got us out there uh, out of there as quickly as I could without aggravating this guy I got the impression he was drunk or on something how mm. do you guys deal with people that do that wow mm. because it Good looks question. like such a happy shot of course he's happy. He's off his nuts. <laughs> he's Look at him. <laughs> okay. um, so firstly, this happens if you're going to be shooting outside, uh, this happens quite a lot. It's a regular occurrence. And I think um, the, the first thing I need to say is if, it, if, you, if you feel threatened or in any danger, if someone's coming up to you uh, in that situation, then move because – like what's more important is, you know, you don't know uh, what situation they might have just gone through, whoever is approaching you. So if that's the case, I, I go by that. If, they, if they're threatening or menacing in any way, I happily, I don't want to cause a scene, I would just move. But 90 
95% of the time uh, when we're approached, it's just like a lad who's out with a group who's showing off with his friends or girls mm. as well who just want to photobomb the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is all they want is attention. If you give them uh, negative attention, that's likely to make them hang around more because, oh, my God, look how annoyed. I'm just using my own psychology here of how I would think. Mm. It's getting her annoyed. Let's just keep doing it. It's like poking a bear, you know. Um, so I try and just keep it really cool. And uh, if they come in and they bomb the shot, you laugh with them and you go, good on you. Or if they come in and they go, ah, can I? they're usually drunk. Oh, you're, can I have a photo? Um, I take their photo. It's like it's nothing on, on a digital file Mm. but it's always done with a laugh always done with a smile and then um you know you'll laugh with them and you go okay cool thanks we're just going to get this shot so um you know can you uh sort of uh just uh move us across please or just really politely ask them to i'm always asking people to move out of my way val scene and uh but if you do it with a smile and politely and maybe start with hey how you going do you mind getting out of my shot? Um, you know, I think it's the attitude that you bring that's going to make a real difference to how people uh, mm. react to you. And generally, most people are so exceedingly polite. Yes. We were shooting outside someone's hotel room door, weren't we, yeah, the other day, Val? Yeah, like yeah. several people had to go home and we'd be shooting and they would patiently wait until they thought there was a, a good break in what we were doing and then they would ask if it was okay to cut through the frame, mm, mm. you know. And that's that's most people, but every now and then you just get someone like uh, what Kai experienced uh, that just, you know, wants to be photographed, give him the shot. You know, I think she did a good job too. Uh, so what would your be advice be in this situation and maybe Kai and also other listeners are sometimes in this situation as well because I've been with you um, kind of – pretending to assist you sometimes and sometimes actually assisting you at events and sometimes at events you know whether that is a wedding or whether that is a gala ball or a school event or whatever sure you do get some people who will say hey yeah take my photo take my or take a photo with my mates or whatever and that's fine and as you just said just take the shot but then they say no take another one with my mates and another one no we'll do it like this no we'll do it like this I humour them Val it goes You've on. seen me do it. You've seen me do it. Eventually, they get tired because otherwise, it end. If you just smile and laugh with them, they'll be out of your hair in thirty seconds. The game grows tired because they're drunk mm. and their attention span. It's like you know. And then the girlfriend's going, "Let's go. This is boring. We've got mm. the shot." Mm. But if you sit there and argue with them, then it's about who's going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm it's not just suggesting like, that you argue. I mean, obviously, no, not. I know, but you can say, okay, we got the shot, move on now, and trying to ration with a drunk person is almost impossible. So you may just give them what they want, take take the three or four frames. And I've had to do this. I do, you know, when I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, those A-list parties and, and things like that, that's like one o'clock in the morning was mm. just like, oh, my mm. God, get me out of here. That's what you're negotiating with. And it really I felt like I was dealing with four-year-olds because mm. that's exactly what people are like when they've had too much to drink. They're like four-year-olds. So that's how you've got to treat them. Okay, so everybody will just – everybody keep their pants on for this shot.
shot, okay? I know it's really funny and everything, <laughs> and, you know, and then you go, I'm going to take a shot and then I'll just get you to move over here. No, 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 you two, no, no, put that down, move over here because they're like taking things and, you know, mm. but you just sort of try and keep your voice calm. If you get angry, that makes them angry and it can all go pear-shaped there. So just keep it cool. Great advice. Now, before we move on to our topic this week, which I love this topic, it's all about (laughs) props. And Jean has called it prop it like it's hot. Uh (laughs) How to work with props. (laughs) Now, I I really like this topic. Um, Before we move on to this topic, we want to give a shout out to SA One Time, I think. Uh, And SA One Time is from the UK. And they have left us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much. And they have said, they've called it Fine Wine and Good Food, the perfect combination, which is an <laughs> interesting title. And SA One Time has said, I stumbled across this podcast purely by accident. I was immediately drawn in by the journalistic prowess of Valerie, but completely hooked when the first of many Gina-isms followed. <laughs> the simplistic and quirky way of explaining photography, like being the opposite of dark. <laughs> Etc. makes it possible that anyone on any level can definitely get pointers out of the show. Like Gina, I have had uh, to binge listen to try and catch up and am making steady progress while driving around visiting customers. I'm especially enthralled by the way Gina goes off on random tangents with Val like a well-trained cattle herder <laughs> having the unenviable task of trying to rein her in again to get back on the right path. This makes me think that perhaps all artists, pro and budding, are space cadets in their own right <laughs> and are dreamers, hence why we tend to go off on different tangents fairly regularly. The combination of these two lovely ladies is like sitting down to enjoying a fine homemade meal with a glass, a great glass of vino, easy on the palate with a great glass of wine to accompany. You are left feeling full after each episode but excited about coming back the next week in anticipation of what is being served in the next episode. I will definitely be recommending this podcast to all my photography mates. Keep up the fantastic work and am learning so much from this podcast. Grant from the UK. And P.S. The ladies can fight it out as to who's the wine and who's the food. (laughs) Oh, well, firstly, thank you so much, Grant, for that amazing review. Much appreciated. Thank you, Grant. Very, very cool. That's awesome. That's made my day. I was having like an average day. day. Awesome. 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 And, um, Val, it's mm-hmm. obvious that I would be the fine wine. Why? <laughs> Why? Why would you be the wine? Why would you be the I wine? Being, I was being a smarty pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're the um, you're the cultured one. If we if we and, were food, uh, if you were food, who? What would you be? Um, I'd be a hamburger, but not oh. a McDonald's hamburger. I would okay. be sort of like the next level up. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. a fish and chip shop what, kind why? of hamburger. Hey? Why? Because um, that, that's just what came to mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So what would you be? I think I would be a banoffee pie. Because? Um, do you know what? So I don't know if everyone knows what I've a banoffee pie is. I've only ever heard of it, but I don't know. I have no idea so what it is. A, it's a dessert and there's biscuit base on the bottom and then there's caramel on top of the biscuit base and then you put bananas on the caramel and then you put cream on top of the on top of all of that. 
So I would be a banoffee pie because, because. Um, soft and fluffy on top. But when you get into the depth, there's actually some real, you know, guts and vitamins and nutrients and 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 quality in there. And then underneath, there's a bit of a, a strong foundation of something that's actually quite sweet. And then as you go further down, there's a little bit of a surprise because it's quite gritty and uh, rough. Have you thought about this? No, I just thought of it then. You thought of all of that then <laughs> off the cuff. That's impressive. But yeah, Grant, I have you to inspire. I have you to um, uh, attribute that to because um, you've made me think of that. Thank you for inspiring that thought. Really well done. appreciate that it. Should be your now uh, what, your bio. Okay, but thank you, Grant. Really, honestly, you've made my day because I was having a little bit of an average day, but now you've absolutely made my day. Yeah, that's awesome. And, thank um, you. If anyone else has a, a 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful uh, because it really helps us in the rankings. And we do try to get up there in the rankings, but, you know, it is, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, mm. So uh, let's move on to this week's topic, which is prop it like, like it's, it's hot, hot. Yeah, prop it like it's hot. All right, first of all, please... Matt, your, what's your definition? We use props in shoots, not all the time. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they can really add to a shoot and sometimes it's too many props, just too mm. many in my opinion. Mm. So let us first define what you mean by a prop. So really simply, a prop's a visual cue that helps photographers tell a story or sell an idea or a mood. So it's kind of like shorthand with pictures. Okay, so if you don't have the ability to um, uh, describe what you're doing and you just want people to get the photo in Mm. one go, you can Mm. use props to help sell your story or yep. sell the idea that you want to uh, convey. Okay. All right. So. Yep. Um, okay. And what are some examples of props then? All right. So, uh, hang on. I'm getting hassled by Gazzy. Um, that would be Gary, who is yeah. Gina's dog, everyone. Is he getting close to his dinner time? Mm. Um so some some um, some exa- some examples of the the way uh, props can be used is uh, they can uh, I, I often use them uh, to add a, a, an unexpected twist to an image. So I use them uh, a lot, or or to help me convey a story. So I use them a lot in uh, the celebrity portraits that I do. Mm-hmm. Also, I use them a lot in um, editorial shoots where I'm trying to tell a story and I want the image to uh, like the, the image might be a cover shot where you don't get the text to sell the image or you Mm. don't get the story. So you just want like one thing that might be a bit of a clue that might intrigue the viewer to actually go ahead and read the story as well. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes. So it's like a headline, isn't it, Val? So, it, yes. like, so ha- like when you're writing headlines for a story, you're obviously the headline has to sort of give away something about what the story is going to be about. Yes, of but course. you don't want to be saying, and then in the end, everybody lived happily ever after, and that's yes. the start of your story because no one's going to read the book, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so um, 
yeah, a little bit of a hint about what the, sto- the story is about or something about the person that you're photographing. Or sometimes uh, if I'm doing uh, lifestyle or advertising photography, we use props to set the tone or sell the image. So like we might be uh, trying to say we're doing lifestyle images for say retirement home, mm-hmm. but we're selling to a certain um, uh um, a, a money bracket, right? Mm-hmm. So a certain, what, what do you call that? Socio, what's uh, that? Demographic. Demographic, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might use props as visual uh, cues in the image so that we want to say that uh, this woman is of, uh, you know, uh, a certain sort of standing that like we might use a kind of a bag or a hairstyle or uh, mm. the, the, even the jewellery or the watch that she wears. And so I remember when um, I was in Sydney uh, last year, I think for a shoot, I got yes. uh, you guys in to be hand models. Mm-hmm. for a shoot and it was for an upmarket apartment that I was shooting and we had to have uh, we used expensive watches to sell mm. that idea as the visual cue uh, in that story to say okay so people in the know w- would be looking at this photo and say oh, uh, uh, that's a Rolex that's mm. worth you know this much money then that's going to you know immediately that, that, that sells the tone or the vibe or the, uh, the, the, the places the image. Yes because that particular market had to be very well defined because those um, apartments were for one bedroom they were 17 million dollars weren't they? Yes yes so <laughs> we were very careful when we were propping that entire shoot that there, like there would be a certain kind of bag that uh, that demo would own but if we had the wrong kind of bag it would no longer that they wouldn't even look at that shot you know mm. and when you're buying um, this is really interesting when you're buying when you're up in that demo if someone can afford a 70 17 million dollar apartment they're mm. fairly fairly wealthy right mm. when you get to that level of wealth uh, the type of status symbols that they uh, they use or are often seen with are not ostentatious Mm. so labels are really small and discreet like they might wear shoes like Louboutins which Mm. from the top just look like a pair you buy at Payless right (laughs) (laughs) from a distance that's like Walmart guys (laughs) but the difference is and only someone who owns a pair would recognise this that they've got that distinct uh, red uh, underneath, you know, mm. the bottom, the, the the heels are red, Louboutins, mm. and or there'll be certain um, uh, styles of clothes that just might have a distinct piping uh, mm. that you know the, the people who buy and wear those clothes would recognise, but no one else uh, would. But then when you get into lower sort of new money uh, or, or sort of uh, lower demos, uh, would go for like louder, more ostentatious uh, kinds of ways of showing. Wealth, like they would, you know, you would never put a Ferrari in that sort of uh, upper level. Uh, yes, okay. Just loud. 
So I know that you've written some show notes and want to go through some um, things in a particular order, like where to find props and certain prop essentials. But I think what would be really useful, because you have at the end of the show notes and you can see the show notes and all the images that we're discussing at ginamilitia.com, you have at the end of the show notes a bunch of images where you have some props. What I think would be really useful to set the scene, Gina, is to just start with, say, a few examples of those, yeah. uh, like an example of a celebrity shoot where you've had a prop, an example of a lifestyle shoot where you've got a prop, you know, just so that we can get some context here. Sure. Okay. So the uh, say the example where I say I'm shooting a uh, celebrity and uh, it'll be, say, a profile shot or a cover shot or something, but, but I will add a prop as a twist. So there is an image in the show notes of Harley Bonner and he mm-hmm. is uh, dressed uh, beautifully in a, uh, a gorgeous suit, slim-fitting suit, uh, uh, contrasted with a, an, in an alleyway, lots of rustic doors, and, and uh, um, walls there mm-hmm. and uh, my little twist the prop is he's on a skateboard which is like visually mm. it's uh, it's not something that you normally see you don't see a guy uh, full, dressed to the nines in a suit riding a skateboard right Mel? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's and right. And, of not, course, Harley not, Bonner is an actor on Neighbours. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and not just uh, any skateboard. I could have got one that really blended in with the environment. We've got the one where the, the, the wheels are bright green. So, yeah, here green. is where I use props as an unexpected twist. And so okay. then uh, that gives uh, the magazine editor or the you know the person writing the story an opportunity to maybe use one of those visual cues in that shot mm-hmm. uh, to, to write a headline vowel. He so goes, I might say, you know, what's riding your headline? high. Har- Harley's riding high or... Riding high know. or something mm-hmm. or, yeah. So there you go. So it ha- helps ha- everybody. Harley on wheels. On wheels, wheeling, um, freewheeling Harley or yeah. something, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, or a, you could play play on the word, you know. The obvious yes. would have been to put him on a Harley. Yes. Didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Didn't God. never thought of that. I oh saw him the other day God. in Sydney too. I should have, like, <laughs> um, oh so there you go. That's I'd love to do that. I love the unexpected twist <laughs> in a photo. Often it's <laughs> using a prop, something small. It's discreet. Mm-hmm. That's really important. You don't want the prop to completely overwhelm the shot and so mm. that it's the first thing. You barely notice so you look, you'll look to his face first, you'll see his suit, you'll see the background, and then you go, wait, he's on a skateboard. It's the last thing you see, but it just sets up the whole shot. So it's mm. discreet in the background, supports the photo rather than uh, overwhelms it. Mm. Um, all right, so... Another time uh, that I use props a lot in my photography is where I'm doing uh, photography for uh, TV shows, and uh, I these are often uh, going to be used as uh, editorial spreads or billboards or covers. Mm-hmm. So we need to be selling the show, mm-hmm. uh, what's happening on it, but like we don't want to be so like obvious so there's one for great australian bake-off that's in the uh, show notes it's actually the cover uh of this uh this week's podcast fell mm-hmm. and um so 
if I was going to go the obvious route with this sort of shot, okay, we've got a show about baking, uh, we've got all these contestants, how are we going to show this off, you know? Well, if you're going to be obvious and overuse the props, we could go, okay, we'll get a kitchen, mm-hmm. we'll put them all in chef's hats, we'll have them all in the chef's coat, we'll have mm-hmm. flour all over the bench, we'll have all the ovens and we'll have lots of cakes in front of them. Yeah. Okay, which mm-hmm. is probably being done. Um, but so I wanted to go like a really cleaner kind of a way and just have single visual cues mm. in these shots. And that way that uh, each this uh, entire cast shot could be used as a cast shot. I shot them all individually. This shot was comped together. Or they've got individual shots. So what I had was a whole series of props that we were working with and uh, everyone got shot with... Um, several different props so that the the um the the publicists of the show had several different options to use and this is like when you're doing uh portraits as well like you might be doing uh senior portraits where you're doing uh shots of uh, a sporting uh like a kid who likes to uh play different sports you can think about well how would you uh introduce that into the shot without doing the uh the cliche like what i just described a bake-off where you show He's on the he's on the football field. He's got the helmet yeah. on. He's got the paint under his eyes. He's holding the ball, which is a cool shot, mm. but it's just been done. So is there a, a more subtle way? So the Bake Off shot, I've just like used really simple uh, single elements. So one of the girls might be holding a bowl. One of the guys is, uh, you know, got the scales in front of him. Mm. You know, uh, holding a rolling pin, holding a tiny cupcake. You know, and then there's other ways that I've used props, like there's a guy in the middle in that shot. So one of the contestants, when I photographed the show, was actually a boxer, Val, Mm -hmm. and he also baked. Mm. So the way I use props to kind of sell his story or give a, give a, away a little bit about his background was I had him wearing um, oven mitts. Mm-hmm. And I had him in a boxing pose, wearing oven mitts. So when you look at that shot, you, you might wonder, and then they can tell the story, like if they wrote a story about him, headline for that would be boxing his way to the top or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yes. So that's how I've worked with uh, with props in that shot, Val. To, to, yeah. to, so we do that a lot for a lot of the, t- uh, the TV stuff that we do where we'll just use uh, little, you know, um, visual cues okay, and keep so it really clean. So something like that. So uh, this is a shot of uh, eight, ten people who are contestants in the Great Australian Bake Off, and which is like a reality show, just like Survivor and stuff like that, except you, you bake cakes. And they're, they're in a row and so that you can see all of the contestants. And um, as Gina mentioned, they're, they're all holding one particular simple prop. Now, what I'd like to know is when the television show comes up to you and says, hey, we need to take a photo of all the contestants, do you come up with this concept? or mm-hmm. it, And do you come up with the different props? Or do so they? Or how we, does it work? We, 
so we have a meeting before and we will run through uh, our options as to you know what do we want to shoot and I'll say this is what I think we should do and um, these are the things that I think we should have on 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 hand and sometimes it's uh, uh, a collaboration it'll be the publicists and the stylists and me will get together and throw around ideas um, uh, sometimes the publicist will say, well, here's the ideas what we that we've, we've already thought of. What do you think? And then I might say, well, how about we try uh, adding this or this is an alternative? And then it, it all comes together. So we will uh, suggest stuff and uh, and make it happen. Okay. So we'll have a, like a whole lot of props on, on the side. And, and often uh, in television what's great is like um, – particularly in the Australian industry, the people who do props that work in the props departments are absolute geniuses and they make things. Mm. Like they go, yeah, we'll just make one for you and they might make a fake cake or, a, you know, but they look so amazingly real mm. uh, that, they, you know, and they'll whip it up and it's held together with tape and spit and a bit of sticky mm-hmm. tape, you know, and it's fantastic. Mm-mm-mm. Now, there's another shot that you've got here of... Um, uh, that you've recreated in the iconic shot that many, many people will will know. It's a black and white shot. Uh, the original shot is a black and white shot of New York, New York construction workers eating lunch on a crossbeam of actually the uh, Rockefeller Center. Mm. And it's a very New York shot with New York in the background, but they're balancing on this crossbeam and they're eating their lunch, they're reading the paper, they're smoking cigarettes, they're just having a chat during their lunch break or their smoko. So uh, you've recreated that shot on a crossbeam, but you've got the city of Melbourne in the background instead. Yeah, yeah. And But there you've got a bunch of peep guys dressed like the workers, um, mm. you know, with hard hats and sort of caps and stuff like that. Um, from the prop that's in it, one of them is holding a football. So I'm presuming mm. this is the footy show. Yeah. Yes. So, so can you yeah. talk us through your, your, your thoughts on this one? So basically, uh, we wanted enough uh, visual cues in this shot to not to show that in an instant that we've uh, recreated that shot. You know, mm. we paid homage to that, and you picked it up straight away. So got got that right. Mm-hmm. So we we obviously uh, like I went out of my way to make sure that we uh, set the shot up to look and have that vibe of that uh, what was it 1930s 1920s mm-hmm. uh, that 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 was shot was done, but we wanted to give it a modern twist so we wanted to make sure that we combined uh enough in the in the wardrobe styling or there was enough little visual cues to say this is of another era so Mm. the the little caps uh the shoes and uh you know some some of the clothes that they're wearing were a nod to that that era and also little other little touches without going over the top like a a retro lunchbox Mm. Uh, you know, and then bring in the modern twist of the like the hard hats, which are obviously from uh, this decade, and the newspaper as well, uh, and to just a little nod to uh, who we were shooting for. Uh, that we've got the football in the shot just to show that you know it was as part a publicity shot for the footy show. So mm. again, it's like not not going over the top with uh, props, which is. Um, not hard to, you know, 
It's it's easy to do, Val. You can get so excited yeah, very, that you've got very. all these amazing props that you kind of think that you want to use everything. And it's like uh, it's like with anything when you're decorating a room or, you know, adding stuff to the top of your banoffee pie. I think there's probably <laughs> three layers too many on that banoffee pie, Val. Mm, mm-hmm. It sounds very complicated, <laughs> like you. <laughs> now, just just back on recreating shots it's actually something I encourage uh, many photographers to do uh, and uh, it, especially if you're starting out but if you've already you know very confident in what you're doing um, one of the things that uh, I found as I was coming up in magazines and I used to get inspiration from overseas magazines and recreate you know produce shoots where we would recreate the shot and it even though obviously it wasn't my original idea, I got inspiration from something else, it gave me the confidence to know, to, because the shoot would end up successful, it gave me the confidence to know I could produce a successful shoot and it, that then subsequently gave me the confidence to come up with my own ideas. But it was uh-huh. starting off with the recreating of shots that, um, that helped me. So that's just useful for anyone who might be thinking that that would be useful for them too. So exactly. um, before we go on to any of the other shots let's go back to yeah where do we find these props I mean where do we get um interesting props and where have you got interesting props from so there's lots of great places so like um as a start like I, I garage sales and uh thrift what shops kind of are really would you good get from a garage sale well, or thrift I'm just shop? keeping my eye out because i know what i like and how i like to style uh my shots because so i look for sort of a bit some vintage and retro stuff so i'm always looking for old suitcases uh i love mm. old cameras so i throw them into photos and mm. and uh like you know little quirky little hats and so if you're doing uh lots and lots and lots of portraits of people, you know, you they, they will come along and they will bring their wardrobe. And the things I've noticed over the years is a good stylist will have a collection of uh, little, little quirky little things that just suddenly uh, – give your photo that edge like I mm. one of the stylists I love working with Lou Petch I remember mm. like one of the shots we were doing amazing incredible ball gown okay beautiful 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 her little little the the little quirky thing that she did was she put the girl in gum boots oh, now yeah. she had to explain that to me over the I'm going to bring gum boots to go with the ball gown I'm like I'm not seeing it but mm-hmm. it totally worked and it suddenly it took this shot the client loved the shot so it's little things like that so collecting um i think collecting classic pieces uh is a really good uh, way to go now if you're Mm. a uh looking at it's this is not just about doing portraits val but if you're into uh food and products there are there are definitely like uh classic items that you'd want to to have uh that you need as a say even a food photographer like you know plates that have a low uh sort of a low line to them so that you can get down low and shoot into food uh smaller plates so that the you know you can fill the plate otherwise Mm. you've got you know like little the portions always look too small and Mm. like a collection of classic uh beautiful uh tablecloths like nice Mm. linen tablecloths with a sort of a a bit of a a texture to them and and you want to have a like a, a, a small collection of glasses you don't need a set of eight you just need single ones so 
as you're out op shopping or garage sales, you see those things and you know this is the stuff that you want to do, make a little collection. It can be just keep it in a little box and you have that if that's the sort of thing. And also for products, stuff to shoot products on, like so different textured materials uh, and different kinds of boards and things like that you'd want to be collecting. Um, for... Uh, um, shooting portraits, Val, like mm. things like uh, glasses, sunglasses can can be really cool. They can add edge. Like you know, mm. suddenly you you put someone in uh, a great pair of designer or designer knockoff sunglasses. Mm. Here's the thing. Yeah, just buy in the knockoff. <laughs> in photography, you can't tell the difference between mm. real and fake. So mm. I've seen uh, a lot of style, a lot of great. Unless you're buying that... a thirteen, a seventeen million dollar one bedroom apartment, then you might. Well, tell the difference between the, a Rolex. The, tell the difference between the Rolex. <laughs> but, you know, in most cases, like, you know, great stylists will combine, uh, you know, the expensive bling with uh, just, you know, $2 stuff that they buy. You know, you can get uh, fake pearls. No one can tell the difference in a photo if it's fake mm. or real. You can't. Mm. So you can still get that look without having to spend all the money. So maybe if that's the where you're headed, that, that sort of uh, – direction in terms of uh, portraits that you might want to have a collection of uh, bling that you can actually, you know, add to someone's arm or, you know, drape them with uh, lots of different pearls and things like that can look fantastic and really lift a shot. I love retro stuff, as I said, so I'm always looking for suitcases. Little handbags and bags can really add to a shot. Um, and, what, have uh, done, what have you used a suitcase for? Oh, a retro suitcase. Retro suitcases, mm. like I'll stack uh, five or six of them up and have someone leaning on them. I've had people sitting right. on them, um, you know. I've had people carrying them away from, uh, on, you know, up a, up a roadway and mm. uh, all, all sorts of stuff in the background mm -hmm. of shots. I love them. Okay. They're great. Um other things that are worth uh, checking out, uh, like I used to, uh, one of my studios was just around the corner from a chair manufacturer mm -hmm. that made, um, you could only buy like, if you wanted to buy chairs, you had to buy like 500 at a time. They were for like mm. catering companies and they did knockoffs of, um, you know, designer versions of chairs. Now, every six months or so, they'd have a sale and they'd have like uh, odd, odd, odd batches, like single chairs. That they sell for ten dollars. So every every year, I'd go and buy three different chairs, and then mm -hmm. when I got sick of shooting them, I'd either give them away to someone or put them out for the hard rubbish to collect. So that's a really good way to pick up little props uh, yep. for your home studio or studio where you're working with, or just like if you're bringing people to your home, it's probably worth having a like a little eclectic set of different chairs because chairs are fantastic and have people leaning on them. They make a great prop as well, uh, as do things like floorboards um, that you could put stuff on. Uh, I love using mm. fairy lights as props. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the background and uh, in the foreground. Uh, so, uh, and the other places, like the best place, I think, uh, for props is to actually hire them. There are oh. companies that 
or they're like massive warehouses. As a photographer, going into one of these is probably like going into a hardware store, Ikea, and spotlight on steroids multiplied by a 1,000 because mm. it's just wall-to-wall fantastic. You just want to take the whole place home. Yes. But there's everything. So it's just like whatever is in your imagination, they probably have one in these yeah. places. And Great. you can hire stuff. So that's all over the world. Uh, there, there are prop hire places and it's not as expensive and it might be something where you might have two or three other photographers get together with them and uh, go in and, you know, you might share some props uh, or the cost of hiring something and all do a different take on the shot. Right, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, right. So get a bit of a collection happening. Yeah, and there's also, like, I like the classics. Like, I think it's worthwhile if you're doing a lot of portraits. If you like, like, there are portrait photographers who love doing that classic look, uh, denim, white T-shirts, you know, that look. But there are other photographers that love, like, that vintage floral look and, you know, there are certain dresses and things like that. If that's your market, if that's something that you're doing a lot of and you've worked out a look and a vibe for that sort of thing, start collecting um, some clothes uh, maybe in a couple of different sizes that, say, if you are doing lots of senior portraits or lots of, you know, uh, portraits for different people where you would have like a little collection like you might have a couple of blazers for guys and and hats or um, uh, classic black leather jackets or cowboy boots or uh, certain kinds of jeans and hats and things like that worth Mm. having in your collection that you can just because people will come along and they might only bring two changes and you can create something for them just by adding a jacket over to the top of of what they've brought along so worth worth having yeah absolutely and you can seriously get great jackets for at the at thrift (laughs) stores you know it Belle. yeah absolutely stores but like yeah you love a jacket don't you i do you do love a jacket one the day after i caught up with you (laughs) in melbourne (laughs) uh okay yeah what else uh, okay, so um, back to the images, Val. Yes. Uh, so there's a shot there. Like, So when I'm shooting uh, lifestyle or advertising, again, we will use the uh, uh, visual cues in the shot to try and make people look like our demo. So I've got a couple. Uh, th- th- these are like a series of shots that I did for a bank and they actually went on the ATM screens, you know, when you get your money out and the photos yep. are there. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, so we had to do in a day, we had mm. to capture like enough uh, images to be used over a couple of years to be shown oh, on wow. these screens. Of the and, same couple. Uh, and we had, uh, I think we had four or five different couples, so we would okay. keep rotating them. But but what they wanted to do was they wanted to not only capture their market, they mm-hmm. wanted to show different demos but they also wanted to show different times of the year. So they, what they wanted to do was when it was spring, they wanted the ah, yes. photos to have a spring look. They also sure. wanted to capture football finals, uh, winter, and uh, in all different ways. So it might be sports that you do in winter, other activities and things like that. So we had to combine a lot of different things. Yeah. And it and also knowing that it had to match with the, uh, the company's kind of um, – Colours. 
Exactly. So, uh, and and that's how, like, and and yeah. So we had to style uh, that as well. Wow, that's so really you can interesting. Add, you so know, the, add, the, adding little visual cues to make it look like uh, winter or so summer. So presumably, if you were of a certain age, they would, and it was uh, auto, it was uh, winter. It would throw up an image that was similar to your age so you could relate to, you know, whoever, whatever, you can relate to the people in the image and they're dressed appropriately for that season as well. Exactly. So, yeah, and you've got, uh, yeah, little little visual cues. Like for winter, we uh, put scarves around their neck mm. <laughs> and they had jumpers on. And then when it was summer, the scarves came off, the jumpers came, you know, off and we, we put, had them in short sleeves. It can be as easy as that, Val. You know, we other little things we did for winter was we had them with uh, skis and uh, goggles and, you know, they were even more rugged up. Spring, I think there was flowers. So mm. it, these little in- Instant visual cues that we use in uh, advertising and lifestyle to sell the shot. When is uh, when is it a situation where there are too many props? You can overdo it, and mm. I see it done a lot where you're trying to say too much at once. It's mm. like, um, you know, the only way I can describe it is if you're cooking a meal mm. uh, and you add. Uh, every spice in the cupboard <laughs> to give it more flavour. But what yeah. you've done is you've actually each flavour overpowers the other mm-hmm. and uh, you've wrecked the meat. <laughs> okay. All right. But so, maybe so, you so can there be... Are, there are examples in photography where like just uh, in in trying to sell the story, like, the, like winter. So we've got the scarves, we've got the jumper and the beanies. Let's throw some snow in there as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll make it a bl- it, the, too much. It's overkill. Yep. And I think um, we've spoken about this in a previous episode, but I do remember that um, Playboy, uh, we've, we've, we talked Oof. about this before, Play, Playboy magazine, they had an editorial or photographic policy where they would have the girl in there, but they it, they always made sure there was just one prop that showed that there was the presence of a man even though there was no man in the shot ever uh it would either be just a lit cigar or it will be a glass of scotch and it would be overkill if there was a lit cigar and a glass of scotch and a motorbike helmet and a this and a that you know yeah exactly i didn't realize playboy was that deep fell (laughs) i do know that everyone always just bought it for the articles Oh, for the articles yeah because apparently the the writing in it was very good and for the clever styling. <laughs> the style well the styling is yes. <laughs> Very clever. I have to go back and find some now. Yeah, well there you we go. With get... just one little clue that was the presence of a man and it was usually just one prop. Yeah, and I mm. think that and, and like I think with everything, with lighting, uh like you can overlight a shot. You can try and be yeah. too clever, add too many lights. Same with styling. And it's the same with like stylists say, uh, with accessories, uh mm. Before you leave home, take one off. If you, mm. like you shouldn't have to. Like often uh, people will have too many accessories uh, like the hat, the, the earrings, the necklace, the bangles, the rings, mm. the, you know, all of it. it like, and sometimes just having one ring can go mm. bang, that stands out. Uh, otherwise people get overwhelmed. So have a look at the shot. 
is it saying what you wanted to say or is it mm. overwhelming? Are there too many things and are they uh, overpowering your shot? And what's it comes down to what's got, what do you want to be the hero of your shot? Do you want yep. it to be props? Is that yep. the first thing people see or is yep. it the person or the food or the product that you're photographing? So you want – they're like the backup singers in the band. They support <laughs> the lead singer but they mm. never overpower because – Backup singers that sing better than the lead singer, they never last long in the band, do they? <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. All right. So um, I think we need to think of hashtag Gina Challenge for this week. And if uh-huh. you're new to us, every week we have a hashtag Gina Challenge where we have a hashtag some kind of topic. Now, that might be lighting or that might be black and white or that might be moody or that might be um, uh, ping, I think, was, was one in the past. <laughs> and uh, you can interpret that topic however you like and we upload our photos into the podcast community. Uh, while Gina's thinking of that, I also have to mention, make sure you check out the Gold community. If you want that extra level support from Gina and myself, Gina is in there all the time answering all of the technical questions and you can feel free to ask me about uh, any business related questions and that's the Gold community where it's a uh, regular, it's a, it's a m- monthly membership and uh, you get access to regular tutorials as as well as um, uh, a um, must live mastermind, which we do record as well in case you can't make it, where you can get direct access to Gina and ask her all sorts of questions about photography. And Gina also does photo critiques in there as well. So you can find out more about that at ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. So what is hashtag Gina challenge for this week, Gina? Prop me up. Oh, I love that. Prop me mm. up. So hashtag Gina mm. challenge, hashtag prop me up. And uh, we'd love to see what you make of uh, this particular week's challenge. All right. So this comes brings us to the end of this week's episode. What are you up to in the coming week before we speak again? Um, well, I'm on standby, Val. So I could be okay. uh, anywhere in the next five days. All right. So we will see. All right. It's a bit mysterious there, it I is, think. It is, isn't it? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, she's on standby. I think that's a euphemism for something. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. So where do we find you online, Gina? Uh, so ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And I'm at Gina Militia on Instagram and at Gina Militia on Twitter, Val. Wonderful. And I'm at Valerie Koo. That's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. And just find me on Facebook, Valerie Koo in Sydney. And uh, feel free to connect with us. And we'd love to um, uh, hear what you think about the podcast. Oh, thank you also to those of you who've given us feedback on our new snapshots, which are um, yeah. Minnesota. Um, thank you so much for letting us know that you're enjoying them because uh, we love we love bringing them to you as well. Anyway, until next time, everyone, have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.